Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Yeah, finals football at Suncorp Stadium. Did you really expect any sort of different result? Brisbane come away with another victory that sent 10th in a row at Suncorp Stadium in the finals. Welcome to the Ben Lifton episode 30 of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam with you. And guys, have we finished celebrating yet, Adam? No, not yet. Not yet, but it's 10 games unbeaten. There's a couple of draws in there as well. Ten. Just a burst of bubble slightly, James. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. 10 games where they got the positive result yes. that they needed. Yeah. Anyway, we're quite excited here on the Brisbane Football Review, so let's get right into segment one and just relive some of the magic from Friday night. What are you saying? Let's cool. go. All right. As if the Brisbane Raw and Western Sydney Wanderers have not created drama and excitement in their previous four finals meetings... Their fifth will go down the same way as the Raw would advance to the semi-finals with an epic 6-5 penalties win after the game finished 1-1 in extra time. Scott, what did you make overall of the Raw's performance? I thought we started really slowly in the first 45 minutes. They could have been up 3-0 in the first 15 minutes of Wanderers. They really should have put the game away. But I think they settled down at half-time and they started to play their football. and We overran them by the end. So your red card for um, Saturio didn't help them, but we're all over him anyway. Well, he's one of those players that needs to start on a yellow card for a stupid <laughs> spelling of his first name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah look, I, I think it's actually there's some. It's almost like that the Raw almost subconsciously, you know, they knew that it was going to go a distance because they were ordinary in the first half. Now, as Scotty roughly said, that you know, Wanderers they, they should have been a couple up at least. You now, if it wasn't for some Theo heroics and, and whatnot and some poor finishing. And this is becoming a pattern now as well, James. I was slow out the blocks against the Mariners, what, a month ago, whenever that was. Slow out the blocks against Wellington. And even in Perth. Yeah, exactly. So this is becoming a trend. And if this continues, at some point, that's going to catch up to them. They've got to sort this out. It's, it is a little bit of a concern. Let's get started with the yeah. first half. So, as we said, the Wanderers were dominant, but I think Michael Theo might have been the most dominant player on the pitch in the first half. He was brilliant, wasn't he? That double save, that was right down near where we were. And we're just thinking, no way, he's not going to get there. He's not going to get there. Oh, he got there! Unfortunately, that's kind of going under the radar a bit as well, given the heroics that happened later, which we'll get to. But he, Theo was brilliant on Friday night. But the one thing that really did get to me about the way the Raw played in the first half was the fact that they just sat so deep and told the Warriors, uh, the, not the Warriors, the Wanderers. Yeah, they told the Wanderers, basically, bring it on, and tried to hold on. Unfortunately, they just barely did. 
Yeah, look, I think it's it's becoming sort of uh, symbiotic almost, where they're just trying to sit back. Like it's almost like they're trying to pace themselves through the through the whole game. And it's it you know on a, on another, another day they may have, you know it may have been game over half time. There's no way back. So look, it's it's a it's a risky gamble, but obviously you know the last couple of times it's also paid dividends. So it's it, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure we want to keep on going to the well on that that option. It's a little bit nerve wracking, I think. I normally hope to see a lot of the roar in the second half when they're attacking down the end where we're sitting. And there was, I thought, you know, even the wingers, Borello and Broich, were sitting quite deep. And I think that was actually something that came up in the post game where they were talking about how Broich got dragged much deeper than expected. Broich was really off his game in the first half. I know that's been talked about a lot in the media, but he was quite off his game in the first half. I don't know if the whole stuff of last week got to him, but he was. I he, was, did a little he was bit. really subpar. That, that, that might be the other sort of you know argument on that is that the, the, the draining sort of you know, nature of the week that had been where everything was focused around Thomas Broach and everything. Did that actually take an effect before something clicked in for the Raw in the second half and said, you know what, forget what's happened last week, actually play football? You know what actually really did surprise me was Broach was in a lot of conversations with John and Ross Aloisi and the coaching staff all throughout the game, it seemed like he was almost trying to work out how to break the lock of the Western Sydney defence as it was going along. He, he probably was. In the second half, he was really, really good because it was his through ball to Barella which set the goal up as well. And uh, he had numerous other chances created. He was probably the best player on the park in the second half. Maybe. Outside but, of Janjetovic, who made a couple of unbelievable saves. Yeah, it was a nine for the goalkeepers, yeah. which, you know, sometimes when you have a low-scoring game, you get the traditional complaints of, oh, maybe they need to make the goals bigger or maybe they need to get rid of the goalies, but that was about as tense and, I don't know how else to describe it, like it was just as tense as you could get for a football game where both teams were creating chances, more so Western Sydney, in that first half, but how good was it just seeing the goalies step up when they were called on? Well, no, not only was it um, the goalies, it was the defence of its events as well, like so the scrambling, you know, the, like, you can't, you can't say that... Uh, I said that it was boring football. I said it like it's great, you know, attacking football would get by bad defence. The old line might be one for the purists, Scott. Yeah. Also that and just tense typical finals game. That's what you expect in a finals game between evenly matched sides. Yeah. Which I do think the Raw and the Wanderers are, despite what the table might suggest. Hmm. Although in the first half I think the Wanderers definitely look like the better side. And they got their reward just on half time with what I thought was a pretty soft penalty decision from really? Jared Gillette. I thought it was bang on. I thought they got it absolutely right. I think there was more contact on Barisha in the 2012 Grand Final, personally. Well, that's also a penalty, but we, we might talk to our fans all, all about another day. All I'm going to say about that, I, I'm your, I'm your self defence. I think, look, it was, a, it was a sort of a fair call either way. But again, I think this, this is where the whole VAR thing comes up because it, it's all it's been becoming you know systematic. It's always people in the crowd saying, Oh, check the VR. Check the VR. That is not what it's there for. It's yeah. it's there for the absolute howlers. That that is a fifty-fifty call. That was not a howl. Like I said, you know, uh, if you you flip you flip on the other side, you know, that was a raw. Yeah. That was a raw chance. You know, and That's, you know, um, yeah, going through the back of McLaren. Yeah, everyone's yeah, everyone screaming, screaming for, for penalties. So they're the ones you say, you know what? That's the referee's decision. It is or it isn't. No, they're not. That's not what the VAR's for. It's not to. Re- yeah, you're right. It's not to reverse a fifty-fifty call. But yeah. I did like that he actually took the time to go and have a look at yeah. it because if it was a blatant dive, I believe that actually would have been Santa Lab off. Possibly because I think he got his yellow card in the first half. Yes, yeah, so he got yeah. very early in the did, first yeah. half. And if they just if they then went and determined that it was a dive, which you know I don't. 
I'm not going to go that far say that, but I think he was uh, ready for contact, let's put Just it diplomatically. Just quickly on the VAR thing, I know it wasn't strictly a goal-scoring op- opportunity, but if they can't overturn that ridiculous back-pass nonsense decision in the second half, <laughs> what's the point of it? I mean, that's clear as day. That's an obvious error, last time I yeah. checked, but anyway. Yeah, definitely. I'm just going to get you to keep talking while I look it up. Oh, yeah, Sanjay, I've got the, uh, his first yellow card in the 31st minute. And yeah. Boy, he played a close. And he had a really strong challenge not long after that as well. Mm, but I think, from memory, that one was a bit more legitimate. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I mean, though. That could have very easily turned into a red card moment, which, look, if you're going to go one way or the other, I think I'd rather that they kept it with the referee's original call, whatever it was. Yeah, I've really got a problem with the decision on that one from Joe Gillette. I think he got it right. Yeah. I can live with it. All right, so we're going to move on to the second half now and get right into the, well, I would say the fun part, which was the Brisbane Roar <laughs> equaliser. It was the just... standard fair at Suncorp in the finals. Yeah, just an absolutely lightning quick counter-attack from the Raw. And I think it was a big turnover from somebody. I'm drawing a blank on who it was right now. But they just fed it straight out. It was Broich... Setting Borello yeah. in the clear. Wait, I was actually waiting for him to shoot a little or feed the ball to McLaren a little bit earlier, but he decided to feed it off the post in the end. Yeah, Definitely a deliberate pass. It's it's a good goal, but it's also a horrible goalkeeping from Yanjevic. Ball watching. I mean, I think he could have very easily dealt with that another way, but obviously, thankfully for the Raw, he did. But it's a good finish from McLaren. It it might have been a lucky finish, but it did feel like one of those ones that was it was coming no matter what. It, it might not have been in that. Instance, but it was going. It was, out. It was building lines. The Raw came out in the second half. A, a, a very a different side. You now they, they they saw. You now they were down. I think they were stung by that by that, that penalty. You know, they, they said it was literally you know almost the last kick of the, of the half. And you now they, they came out with a, you know a attacking mentality, and it, it paid dividends. And it was, luckily, it was you know, ten minutes after the whistle. And take the finish out of it. It's the Broich to Barello through ball when you get behind the, the midfield running at the defence. I think that's. That's the encouraging thing for all. They're able to get in behind the midfield and run at the back four of the Wanderers. And I think that's what they're going to have to do Just a quick this note. weekend as well. Just a quick note, Tommy Orr. That's what you're expected to do for 27 rounds plus finals next year. What score penalties? No, feed the open. Feed oh, the, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a, yeah, it was a well-designed counterattack. But as we mentioned before, yeah. there was just an absolute head-scratching moment, which I think will put an end to... Any of the conspiracy theories that Jared Gallette is an out-and-out Brisbane fan well, were called the stupid back pass. Also, the penalty thing, the penalty was... You could say the penalty was a bit soft. If you want to say he's a yes. pro-Brisbane referee, he's given two decisions, not against the rule, but controversially. It, anyway, I think he got the penalty decision right in this other... I think he was relying on his assistant, wasn't he? He was looking at his assistant for about five, six seconds there, and they finally decided to give it. Ridiculous. Yeah. It, I can't work out how it's a back pass. No, neither can I, and neither could anyone in the stadium, because you could actually hear it clip the Wanderers player, yeah. deflecting it all the way back yeah. to Theo. The reaction from the Wanderers players as well was it's deflected off their, <laughs> their player, it's good defensive pressure, they're thinking, all of a sudden they got a free kick for a back pass out of nothing. Yeah. Alright, they'll take it. And But eventually, you know, neither side could find the breakthrough, and we wound up going to extra time. So what we're going to do now, we're going to take this into a second segment, and discuss extra time and penalties after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
Brisbane Football Review, part of the Outside 90 Fan Network and still on Switch 1197, I believe. James Scott and Adam with you tonight. We're in the middle of reliving Friday night's fantastic penalty shootout win over the Western Sydney Wanderers. Let's get into the extra time, and I suppose the big story to come out of this was the injury to Michael Theo. Yes, I mean, it was a good save from him as well, because it was one of those, like, it could have been another back passer just who picked it up. That's why he kicked the ball away and just... Was it ankle or a knee or something? You got injured with like it a It turned out to be knee, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It looked yeah. like a foot ankle thing at first. Yeah, no, look, it was um you know, it was really brave, you know, to almost you know, foolish to a point. But you know, you gotta you look, you gotta commend his uh, his bravery on that. You know, he it was an obvious chance there and um and yeah, like I said, he, he paid the ultimate price for it, unfortunately. And just on Jamie Young when he came on, he made that brilliant yeah. save sixty seconds after he came on. I know we've all been somewhat critical of him this season, especially me. Yeah, yeah. but no, that's that was, that's that, absolutely brilliant. That was a fine save. Yeah, it was a baptism of fire. And look for any concerns about Jamie Young's confidence. That's one way to get it up. Yeah. And look in in it's also all, fair, it's not his shot stopping we've ever been worried about. Yeah, exactly. The other part of his game. Yeah, well, I was talking to my brother during the game. He was texting me, making sure that I was still mentally in one piece. And, um, yeah, like when Jamie Young came on, he texted me, baptism of fire much. And I was thinking, well, I'm feeling a lot less confident. (laughs) (laughs) And and I actually said, you know, Young could save all five penalties in a shootout or catch the ball and run it into his own net. (laughs) But after that double save, I was feeling a lot more confident. Yeah. Oh, look, I also as well, now, I guess the, the confidence that comes from the fans is that, you know, of of all the um, keepers, you know, the backup keepers, you know, to have Jamie Young come on and replace, yeah. like, I think, you know, we're, I think there's a, bit, a fair bit of confidence that, you know, he was always going to do a decent job. Oh, there was no yeah. doubt of that. I feel far more confident if we had to bring on Jamie Young, say, say Jared Tyson for the mm. Wanderers or some of the other backup goalkeepers. It is disappointing, though, that he, Theo did have to leave in that manner. Yeah. For a second there, while they were showing all the replays, uh, on the on not the big screens at Suncorp, it's the medium sized screens yeah. at best. While they're doing the renovations, but I was watching that thinking, oh, what's? I didn't know if Antonis was. I think it was Antonis was going for Theo's knee, but I think it was just a case of trying to find somewhere to put his foot, and it just happened to fall on Theo's knee. But it's unlucky collisions, isn't it? Mm, and for a while, it actually looked like Antonis had come off second yeah. best. Yeah, but, because Theo got straight up. Mm, That's the weird thing. And then just went. It might have been a bit of an adrenaline rush. And then went, oh, that's a lot worse than I first thought. But um, yeah, it was it was fun. Like seeing Jamie Young come on and actually performing as well as he did. Like that's got to fill you with confidence going yeah. forward as well. And we'll get to the penalties in a minute. But his reaction after the full time whistle in his interview, you could see the emotion in his in his voice and his face. And mm. It was really good because that's he's been waiting for a moment like that. Well, you've to got to be, be yeah. the hero and. Well, you've got to be thinking just in terms... If you're him, you're going, well, he still feels like he should be the Raw's number one yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah, that's, that's, that's shown through an interview as well. Yeah. And, you know, now he's got a chance to prove it. And as we mentioned last week, with Michael Theo off contract... Yeah. He, uh, if Young can steer the ship for potentially two more games as the keeper, well, I think you have to start making the case he might be. Sadly, I think that we may have seen the last of Michael Theo in a Brisbane Raw jersey. I think injury, injury aside, I just think yeah, if he's off contract, you know, and Jamie Young performing, I just think, yeah, no, it's, a, it's an obvious one. And then obviously you've got a couple of not good young goalkeepers coming through the ranks you know, behind him. So I think the goalkeeping situation is almost set. Yeah, it may very well be. It would be a sad thing if that is the it last we see of Michael Theo. He's been such a great goalkeeper for this club. Because he did not look happy to be going no. off, but 
you know, they're all, well, I'd say in the 90 minutes, he usually doesn't look happy. But just one thing that I kind of forgot to mention in the last segment was I loved how Theo was just yapping at the Wanderers players <laughs> all game. And yeah, like Theo had a, like the one penalty Theo faced too. He got a hand to yeah, it. Yeah, he, he, he really could have saved that very easily. He just didn't get enough contact on the ball. Yeah. That was very unfortunate for him. It was. Oh, well. Let's get to the shootout. What do you say? Let's look at the fun stuff. Okay, so your first words when you realised it was... Go- like, when the full-time whistle blew and you knew it was going to a shootout. I was pretty calm, actually. For yeah. once, I was actually calm at a raw finals game. Normally, <laughs> I'm shaking with nerves, but I was actually calm this game. It was weird. Ah, uh, look, yeah, it was... Um, I, I took a case, uh, well, it's, it's going to be a flip of the coin, basically. And who and, and judging to see who's actually worked on penalties during the week in training. Turns out they all have. My reaction was... Oh, damn it. This is going to lead to a much later night getting yeah. fan cams recorded. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, to everyone that participated in fan cams last oh, yes. Friday night and all season. I think we've had some really fun interviews with that, and we're certainly looking forward to yeah. continuing that next season. Yes, we absolutely are. And possibly at a home grand final. <laughs> Don't start that. <laughs> I said possibly. <laughs> Touch wood. Yeah, when you start seeing pigs flying at your window there, you might get a home grand final. We'll get to that later. Smithers, I think I'll donate a million dollars to charity. When pigs fly, will you be donating, donating that million dollars to charity now, sir? Uh, no. I'd just like to point out that that was James with the first Simpsons quote 30 episodes in. I'm surprised it took that long, but that's right. It was on last week. Was it? Yeah, oh, that was the grill. That's right. <laughs> I swear I've I done more as well. Up. I'm sure you have. <laughs> Lots of movie references, too. Anyway, on to the shootout. The Raw. Got to shoot down at the den end, which say what you yeah. say what you want about you know sports psychology being a bit hokey. It has an impact. Also, I believe that's the referees making a decision on which penalty Gary you take them. I don't think it's like a flip of the coin and you can choose which end. I've heard. I've actually heard both in the last few days where the re- if it, the referee says they're both even, he flips a coin yeah. to decide which end the captains get to choose. But apparently, Dimas Delgado decided to shoot second, and which. I only found out on Saturday morning weird. it was a big mistake. That's a weird uh, thing, yeah. Like, uh, and it, Mark Bosnich was quite a saying that, you know, you, why, it's almost like, why would you? It's almost, you're, you're behind the eight ball straight away. Yeah. But even if, if you go first and you miss, you still got a half a chance. But, you know, if yeah. you, yeah, like I said, it just puts so much pressure. Yeah. And obviously it may be a case of confidence of, of either Yenovich's ability to save the first or second shot or the ability of his, um, of, of the um, strikers are taking the penalties. Yeah, going second just puts you under pressure, particularly when it goes to sudden death as it did this time around. You're just under absolute immense pressure. Absolutely. There's no run for it. You're kicking first, at least if you miss. Your goalkeeper has the yeah. chance to, to save it and keep you in it. Mm. Now, the one thing that stood out for me throughout the whole shootout is I would say 10 of the 12 penalties that were taken were phenomenal shots. Thank you for making it 10. because of Luke De Beers. Oh, the nine then. Because Christensen's wasn't any good either. I, I still maintain, if you can hit the side netting before the back, you're fine. You hit the crossbar first. Though. Right underneath the bar. Tell me which goalkeeper would stop that. <laughs> yeah, it's got the, the post might have on another day anyway. It's yeah, a but... fair degree of risk on that one. Yes, yeah. and if my aunt had... Anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at, least, at least luckily that none of the penalties was bad as the one last night by uh, Yosuhito Endo in the Champions League. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't thought... know, wasn't very oh, good. Well, that must be, that a, Japanese, must be good. a Japanese thing. Maybe. But they, uh, they lost the Asian Cup quarter-final penalties too, don't forget, back in 2015. True. You might be onto something there, Adam. Yeah. But yeah, we were talking about you know which club has 
been practicing penalties. I think both of them did because yeah. every guy that went up to take the kick up until the last one with Jumpai, they look like they're going, yeah, I know I'm going to yeah. score. It's fine. And for the all, there were a lot of young players taking penalties. Well, the first three, what? Borello, like, D'Agostino, and McLaren. Yeah, they're what, 23 and under? I know they're the strikers, but they're so, young players. Yeah. Particularly D'Agostino, what, 18 or something? Yeah, well, we were, because we were trying to work out, okay, who's going to take it? We knew Borello was yeah. going to take one. We knew McLaren and we knew Christensen. I did say to Adamstein next week at the game when, um, who got sent off? Saturo got sent off that get take Corey Brown off, bring D'Agostino on. And... Just purely for penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I was absolutely nervous when he was about to take it because he missed one in the youth league. but mm. And McLaren's last one, he's missed too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Borello made it. Antonis. I thought Antonis with the little Panenka. That was cheeky. <laughs> Yeah, but I always like seeing that. Uh, yeah, D'Agostino, I had a really good one. The last one for the Raw, though, Tommy Orr, rifled it into yeah. the bottom corner. That's one that on another day can be, could have been saved. If it's not right in the corner, mm. that's being saved. But the one just before him, Robbie Cornthwaite, as well, in the top corner, that was another phenomenal strike. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, like I said, it's, uh, odd, yeah, I think nine, nine out of the 12 penalties were... You know, you're not stopping them. Yeah. Pretty much, unless it's something you know, out of this world. Absolutely. And then Jumpai took the last penalty. He went to his right, so did Jamie Young, and was able to parry what... what I think he sliced the shot. I think he just completely scuffed his shot. Yeah, I remember, I think I said this in our recap on Friday night. I grabbed Jordan saying in front of me, I just think, I'm sure he's going to miss this. And Hello, Jordan. You just got to mention. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be listening. Yep. Well, the funny thing is, as Jumpai was walking up to take the penalty, I grabbed my camera bag getting ready to run out yeah. to fan camps. I didn't actually think he was going to miss. It was just a case of I just grabbed it subconsciously. Where did you watch the penalty? Because you're normally the first was... time walking around to the the northern end to get outside for fan well, My friends I was sitting with Andy Gordon, my fiance yeah. Beck, we were sitting there, and they were sitting there going, "You're running out to do fan cams," and I may have said in a I may have said a word I can't repeat right now, yeah, but he's got the button ready. <laughs> but no, and actually, my dad texted me during this second half. Got. In, or in extra time going, I hope you didn't head out to do your video yeah. interviews. <laughs> what I would have loved to have done, though, however, would have been if it was one of those raw score in the 92nd minute to tie it up, I would have loved to have gone out and done interviews with people that leave the fo- left in the 80th minute or whatever. <laughs> Trying to get back in. Yeah. <laughs> Just going, or, you know, the game's still going, you interview them and go, you do know it's a raw, right? They do have this in. <laughs> yeah, but they turn and say, "Well, you're out here as well. What are you doing out here?" Mm. Anyway. Oh yeah, well, then I, but in my scenario, I would have been allowed to get back in as soon as possible. That's but, true. But what, uh, as I was trying to say, what stood out for me about Jumpai penalty was I think he was going to shoot to his right, saw Jamie Young move that way, and then thought, yeah. "Oh bugger, I'm going to have to change it." And because he, he was absolutely stuffed, mm. rightfully so, yeah. after running for 120 minutes. It's the first indecisive penalty, was it? All the others, even when, the even, when the goal, even when the goalkeepers guessed the right way, even with, with Tommy Orr's that was mentioned, he still had the confidence to, to go where he was going to take the penalty. Yeah, Zumpai seemed to change his mind, and when you do that... It's a, and as you see in no penalty shootouts, wherever it is in the world, it's the indecisive ones you know. It's either you know, they get lucky, and they pull out, or they just get saved, or they put over. So that, and that, and Zumpai was the first one you could actually say, you know what, he, he's not confident. And stopping midway in the run-up like a certain Real Madrid forward does is also counts as indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you like him, though? After, his, uh... after he missed in the Champions League final 2008, I've never trusted him with penalties. <laughs> but it all went right for the Roy. I think we can all yeah. celebrate that. Um, Sunday night, the other semi-final. Just a quick word on Melbourne City going down to Perth 2-0. That was an absolute 
horror show for Melbourne City. I mean, this was a game that was all set for them to... And Valkanis, again, has shown that he's not a A-League coach for mine. I don't understand why you'd leave Luke Bratton out of it. It was. It's just weird. It was an inept effort, you know, with all, with all due respect to those City fans. Like, but, you know, you guys have every right to be, you know, pretty yeah. horrified at your club because that was a poor effort for a final. It's like it's almost like there was time that you think, you know what, they accept their fate in about the 35th minute. They're a collection of players and not a team. Yeah. Mm. And, that's, and that's, for a team on paper that's so good, it feels very disappointing. But you know what? On the other hand, well done, Perth. You know, Diego Castro yeah. was magnificent. I think we do have to second growth as to Perth. They were really good mm. on the counter-attack. And actually, I think I saw Castro tracking back for the second time ever. <laughs> <laughs> if only some of the yeah. Melbourne City players tracked back, they might have had a chance. They tracked back, but they were just walking. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if I were some of the Melbourne City executives, I'd be looking for a return receipt on players like Caceres and Bratton. Cause well, they'll be out of here. They're on loan from Manchester City anyway, so they're still... On the hook for them anyway. Yeah. But the other the other thing as well, I guess, coming out of that game as well, was that, you know, Sunday Sunday night, you know, nine, just to yeah. touch on 10,000 by crowd, you know, was that? All around yeah. Though, wasn't it? But there were encouraging TV figures, mm. which we are going to touch on in segment three. I mentioned the raw crowd was 17,000, a little bit below what you would have been expecting. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to be back with segment three right after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Alright, welcome back to segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam and... We should just mention about the audio quality. I'm sure you've noticed we're not our usual crystal clear selves. We've had some technological issues, so we're kind of just working with what's on hand. Yeah, we've always had technological difficulties, so it's not not no, the first time. My so senility does not count. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's apparent as this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He, um, he, got, he broke the, the servers at Switch one day, don't forget. <laughs> blew it up. We recorded in their studios. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But... He finally admitted it. You submitted you broke That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Socceroos rant that got very heated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we are part of the Outside 90 Fan Network. The Raw are one of four clubs left in the A-League at the moment. Yep. This is, of course, being recorded a few hours before the Raw kick off their ACL match day in Thailand. So, yeah, let's just say good effort, Raw, while the youth team played. Yeah, well done to the young Raw for playing this game, basically. Good, good job, good effort, all of that. Let's get into segment three with the news and whatnot. So, Saturday night, the Raw youth team, before their trip to Thailand, played Gold Coast City. Yes, I had every intention of going to this game, and then I woke up around midday on Saturday. My mum, my mum, getting off the couch, no. so I didn't go unfortunately. So I, I don't think Adam went either. So there's not no. much we can talk about with this game, unfortunately. There was an Aloisi Junior on the bench yes. for Young Raw, which I did notice caused a little yes. bit of a stir. Christian Aloisi, I actually checked this. He scored eight goals in five games for the under twenties team. Okay, so it's not like he's there because yeah. he's doing something. He's there right. because he's playing well. So. Now, what relation is he to the Aloises? I haven't got a clue. He's just same surname. That's I've, I've got a feeling. Quote me if, if wrong. If I'm wrong, I got a feeling he might be Ross's son. But um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. No? So he's de- if if he is Ross's son, he's definitely going to be the calmest player on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, Ross's son with the playing style of John. It seems like when he plays up front and with teenage impetu- impetuousness. I don't know. Yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Finn Beekhurst got the goal. Gold Coast City, just too good. 
Yeah, Gold Coast City look like the team to beat this year in this competition. But before we move on to that, there was a little bit of drama going on with yes. the young Raw fixture this weekend, Scott. Yes, due to the fact that half the squad is over in Thailand, Thailand for this game. And I think they're all going straight down to Melbourne with the flying straight there. They're not, not available to play this game in Townsville on Saturday night against Northern Fury. So that game has been postponed, much to the chagrin, yeah. chagrin of a number of NPL Queensland supporters and North Northern Fury in particular. Yeah, I, I understand their point to a degree because the Raw do have an under-20s team this year. I think maybe they could have fielded the team, but it is what it is. They'll yeah, played at a later date. It, you got yeah, you got to think that you know there should be some concession, but you know it's almost it's almost typical. Some sections of the Fury sort of community there, try, like I said, they have just they the Fury, going. a couple of supporter back, supporter groups down here in Brisbane. Yeah, well. yeah, like I said, I, it's just to me, it's, it's not it's not same as that what happened last year where you know I was just spent pulled yeah. the fingers of financial issues. This is legitimately, you know, it's a it's a you know uh, congestion. Pictures. Quick question: Is it better to postpone the game and play your best team for the integrity of the competition, or is it better just to give the points to Fury because it couldn't be played? I, What's better for the integrity of the competition? I, I would say that playing the game yeah. at a later date is better. I know I, some strikers fans have been whinging because they lost the premiership a couple of years ago because the game didn't get played. So yeah, but you look at some of the results, and you, we'll go through in a sec. You know, the quality at the moment, especially defensively, is not great in the NBL well, at the moment. Well, and the other thing also is, yeah, just looking at the table right now, Northern Fury, if they got that forfeit win, yeah. that could leap, leapfrog them as high as fourth place. Well, the way they go at the moment, they'll probably win the catch-up game at some point, whatever it is anyway. Yeah. Really well, mind you, like I said, when we go the results, you know, 7-1 loss to Brisbane Strikers. <laughs> I, and they may, they may, may be glad to have the week off. <laughs> They've got FFA Cup this week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they know there was a fair bit of snark going around, but... Oh, you know, at least they've decided to say, no, nah, you know what, we can actually afford, like, we can manage to postpone the game, let's just do that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I know it might not be the most outrageous opinion, but... It's, it's look, I think a lot of that conjecture, a lot of that is, is agenda-driven, so I yeah. think, yeah, we'll just There's leave that where it is. among yeah. a couple of clubs for the rule not to be in the NPL, which, if you want to drive the agenda, don't winch the football points and go winch the FFA who've mandated... Every the state federation club. clubs, state federation leagues have to have the A-League youth teams in their competition. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that football clubs might have their own agenda? No, no, no. But the Oscars are also political? No, no. They've <laughs> also got, there's, there's a, the Strikers have got a small bit rabbit fan base that like to throw conspiracies out there. Emphasis on small R- fan base. Rabbit like Cujo. Yes. I wonder if that got to air. Maybe I meant sure. to say that under my breath. <laughs> so they're going to the same strikes, but I also think they're going to get Thomas Wood to coach their team at some stage. Yeah, let's anyway. get let's get on to that. Brisbane Times reported that the strikers would offer Thomas Broich a coaching role should, should their expansion bid be accepted by the FFA. I thought he wanted to play, yeah. and you know, I don't think playing NPLs. He's still too good for Before that competition. Adam jumps in. I'll just say, is this are they still going to be the Brisbane strikers? Are they merging with Western Pride? Are they sorted this mess out yet? I was just confused about their whole bid there. For me, like, for me, simply that, you know what, the whole subject to FFA approval of the expansion bid is why I think this is a lot of nonsense. You know what, they want they want, to, they want me to be to put the cards on the table yeah. and employ him, irrespective. Irrespective if they get the bid or not. Because uh, otherwise, if, if, if that's all subject to, then you know what, I, it's as believable as what South Melbourne were going on about. So. Opportunistic to get, get yeah. their bid in the headlines again. It's a great little PR exercise. Yeah. Now, the one thing that I was actually thinking about when this story did come out was Thomas Broich came on the field with a fairly new-looking baby on Friday night. 
So I'm wondering, has he got some sort of family now? And this is just purely me, 2 plus 2 equals 5 logic. Does he want some sort of... Maybe we could have Reuters' son or daughter representing Australia in a few years' time. That'd be great. (laughs) That'd be fantastic. I I think Thomas Reuters' son or daughter would probably improve the Socceroos or Matildas. (laughs) Actually, I think... And certainly the Raw A-League, I don't really think they're 15 years time, we could certainly do it with another Broich. No, it's, it's a Broich gene, so... Yeah, that's true. Well, let's just hope it's a positive, you know, that, you know, no matter what, let's put it on the strikers' nonsense for a second. Now, I think, I think you know, there, there is one point that, you know, that Miron Bloodberg did make, it so it was important that we've got to try and keep him in this city, involved in this sport. I think that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. And hopefully away from Brisbane strikers. <laughs> that was Scott send your yep. complaints to send, Brisbane. Them, send them this way please Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com please yep. try and keep the expletives to one every five words yeah <laughs> like we do when we're not recording <laughs> <laughs> alright so free to air rights for 2018 and beyond the financial review is reporting that the ABC is the only network that has shown interest FFA have denied the report Who's telling the truth? Well, you you and I were at the fan forum a couple of weeks ago when David, not David, but Mark Kingsman basically said that if there's no deal done by April 30, it will revert to... Foxtel get the chance to sell it to Network 10 was basically his implication. But this might be their last ditch thing for the FFA to get some money out of it. I'd just rather go to 10, to be honest. It yeah. has to be on. I my... think that'd be so much better oh, for the league. Let's just not. ABC. Oh, look, no, if they get it not... on ABC, if, oh, it, forget it. if we're stuck on yeah. ABC, I know the, for the next... Asian Cup did some decent ratings, but it's that's the Asian Cup of four week competition. Well, if if their coverage of the W League is anything to go by, especially up in Queensland during daylight saving, oh, which no. is we are in a lot of trouble. No. We are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, for those who don't know, the ABC show those games on. Delay. So if it's a three o'clock kickoff in Sydney, it's you don't get it at two o'clock in Brisbane. You're going to wait till well, three o'clock, no, so it's an hour later, etc. So. Like I said, well, I can I go one better. The worst because they're talking that the free to air one will be the the, the prime time game. Yeah. The the, the well, what is the seven thirty kickoff? Imagine having that at seven thirty. Around Queensland time, you know, it's just... Yeah. Or WA time, for example. Oh, yeah, well, even even worse, yeah. we should be. And we're already seeing a little bit of an example of just how that can go wrong yeah. with the current SBS yeah. broadcaster, which I think, from what I can That's gather by the... as well. By the, S, by the sounds of the SBS people, they're not entirely happy with it, but they're just saying they're making the best of the situation and still giving it the broadcast, the best possible broadcast. That, in that in that case, you know what, I actually, you know, have to have a go at Foxtel about that because if this game, if, if it's about the game, you know, actually growing, the, the biggest showcase games outside, you know, with Derby, These that are going to be live, don't you've they? Got, like I said, surely that, you know, they, that Foxtel can't be protecting their patch so much that they would force SPS to put it on an hour like that. That is wrong as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. you know, and if that is the case, show, yeah. It defeats the purpose yeah. of having it on an hour. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind, like, they, they, show, they show the regular games at simulcast. Yeah. Why is finals all of a sudden... Yeah. Now, on Sean Delay, it's just... This Ten was, years ago, this wouldn't have been an issue, but with the advent of social media, yep. an hour is just... That forget being, it, it's impossible. Yeah. You, it's possible to watch sport an hour delay these days. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh, near I'll, take, I'll go on a little bit of a tangent here. So, mm. you remember a few weeks ago that Adelaide cluster you-know-what, mm. where like I wound up having to watch that, and I think it turned into a four-hour delay because I was doing a running yeah. event. Every Monday when I go to work, I've got to shut off all NFL scores yeah. and watch it when I get home. You've got to shut your social media off to watch something on delay. Which isn't the worst thing in the world to do for a day. Yeah, but well. like the effort that you've actually got to go to now to avoid this information being yeah. thrown at you. Like you drive around and you might go like you're just driving around, you're listening to the radio, you might hear the news broadcast saying, Oh, by the way, 
Like, yeah, because uh, yeah, when I was driving home from that race, yeah, I was, I almost heard the Adelaide score because I just heard the yeah. news broadcast starting and going, oh, that's right, I'm trying to avoid this. Yeah, I've gone on the same with WWE pay per views, and that's that's streaming on on now uh, on WWE network. Like, it's the same thing. You have to you have to shut down social media if you want to preserve that. And I just think in like for me, it's aim because I. I work during the day but yeah it we're both gainfully employed yeah, yeah yeah but that's the thing is it shouldn't come down to that well you can take wa- a shot at me here <laughs> no but let's turn it into that no, no, no. <laughs> well i'm not going to go into any of that stuff but i will say if, if fox tell us something that we're 10 i believe they're owned by the same people or something yeah. anyway yeah. so you'd say that they'd be more willing to let a network 10 broadcast finals live i hope fingers crossed yeah. that happens because yeah. that if we can get it on like a main screen free where no disrespect to sbs Get on one of the main free to wear channels. Oh, to be honest, Even if it's I'll, on one I'll, throughout the majority of the so season, same thing. that it's still a better reach than what SBS Vice and order it's called these days. No, it needs to be on the main channel. Well, plain you, and simple. Well, throughout the month of January, for example, you might get bumped to one because of yeah, the hit yeah. music. Yeah, big, big bashes. For, for four weeks, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But I want that. I want that opening game, like the start of the season and everything. I want that on the main channel. I want everything. I want the A League getting the publicity it deserves. But I'm also thinking this could serve as a fantastic wake up call to the FFA that football doesn't have that built in support that a lot of other codes do. It, you still need to work to build your audience. You need to make yeah. sure that the public knows like just how good an A League game can yeah. be. There's a difference, isn't there, between your your um football fan who plays the game at the weekend, enjoys the FIFA video game and watches the Premier League. The Euro snob, yeah. Yeah, those yeah. sort of fans to the A-League fan. There's a difference between the two. Yeah. Like you got to make sure you realise that. And no, the, yeah, no, and that's why this whole thing about finals on delay at the moment is just its just ridiculous. It just ruins it for people who are getting a mild interest in it now. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. And that's just... Move on th- that, yeah, that's my rant. Really. news to cover. Yep, that's right. So Speaking so, of SBS, so with their reporting on Friday night. Yes, Jamie McLaren was apparently going to Melbourne City for... Manchester City. Manchester City, and they were going to loan him to Melbourne City. But I think it was about, what, half an hour after? If that. Yeah, where he said, yeah, that's a total load. So You might have to stop believing things SBS report, because it was them who were really driving the Aloisi to Adelaide. I thought it was Val Mikkel... No, SBS started it. Okay. And... I, yeah. and Val was one of the first to shut it down. Okay. It's, 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 it, but it's interesting, though, that, you know, that Jane McLaren actually goes to Twitter and just completely shuts yeah. it down. And, you know, because the thing in the, in the day is that, you know, he's putting his credibility in line. Cause if, and that's why you've got to say it's a lot of truth that there's no approach because why would he put himself out there like that, where that, that, that screenshot could come back to haunt a month's time. It's journalism, too. It is. It's so release that during the game, like five yeah. minutes after he scored. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. yeah it, was, it wasn't a... Great move, but also during the game, we should point out Vince Regari also said that yeah. McLaren's manager denied it during the week and denied it once again. Yeah. Like as much, as much as we think of Pay Dominguez, if he's annoying, then you gotta yeah. say there's not much in it. But the funniest thing I thought was if they were trying to release it to unsettle the raw, yeah. probably should have done it before kickoff yeah. instead of when all the players were actually out on the pitch. <laughs> I don't um, doubt that Manchester could be one of the eighty clubs who've contacted Melbourne City. I just I just don't think he's actually signed for them as, as Dominguez outlined. I don't think he's signed anywhere, actually, yet, to be honest. All right, so we're just going to have a quick little mention of the co- coaching merry-go-round going around in the yeah. A-League. So, ex-England under-21 and Man City coach Stuart Pearce has been linked with Wellington, Newcastle and Adelaide. Yep, sounds like Wellington's where he's 
probably going to end up, if anywhere, Ernie yeah. Merrick will probably be in Newcastle, and who knows for that. The Sol- Solace was definitely uh, out, of, just to speak at Wellington, yeah. that there was, it wasn't much of a denial about yeah. you know, a big-name coach. So Yep. And one thing that I actually just saw right now is that uh, Avram Papadopoulos is very eager to stay in Brisbane, according to the Courier-Mail. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. As I, I said, make a lot of people very happy. He's... He's going to get a couple of red cards just by going in heavy yeah. on a tackle. But you know what? It's fun. It could happen I, this weekend with him. You never know when it's uh, going to happen. But like, so I enjoy that big, tough European centre-back. That's <laughs> steel to the fence. So, yeah. There is one other bit of breaking news today as well. The FFA have basically shut down the centre of excellence. At some point later in the year, they'll do so. Turning yeah. the emphasis back onto the clubs to develop players. Which I think... Maybe it's a little bit sudden, yeah, but it's an interesting one. It's an int- I, I like the idea. I do like the idea of bringing all the talented youngsters together, but it does kind of condense the play group. I'll just say quickly because I add a lot of sadness. I will say it is a model. The F the um, AIS Center of Excellence was a model adopted twenty years ago that was considered best practice. Another an, um, a number of countries around the world copied it, but maybe it's attitudes by date. We'll see. Yeah, no. Look, I just think. Um... It's one of those ones where, depending on which side of the fence you're on, like you can you can see why there's people again are jumping on FFA about this, you know, that they're not serious about youth development and all that. But the, I guess the facts are in the in the point that you know there's only been you know, really one or two of these pl- of these youngsters that have actually gone on to represent Socceroos, which is you think that's the the ultimate pinnacle, you know, it, it transcends what it's one. there for, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You're developing your best youngsters, and maybe and it seems to start in the last couple of years that a lot of these talented players are choosing to stay with. With their local clubs, yeah. with the A League clubs to, to develop yeah. playing youth league, so yeah. I think it's just right of course. And you know, if that, if that money could be used somewhere else, then I think it's, it's a good call. They're choosing the path of having a two year apprenticeship at an A League club rather than going to Canberra for two years. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I think we're going to pull the pin on segment three. With that, this is the Brisbane Football Review. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Twitter at Raw Review, Facebook Brisbane Football Review, and you mentioned our email earlier, Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com. Send your hate emails this way if you like. We'll read all of them. No guarantee we'll reply to all of them, but we'll read them. And probably have a good giggle as well. We also have record fan cams outside the ground, but next season we'll remember that. We're, well, Maybe we're, next week we're still season. hoping there's a chance Maybe. for one more. But before that, the Raw have a game in Thailand to worry about tonight, yes. so because of you know the timely nature of podcasts and whatnot... We're not going to mention too much about the game, just that the Raw have taken over 16 players, the majority of them quite young. Yeah. So, let's just talk about who's going to start tonight, out of the senior players that went over. Well, according to Vince Regari, he said it was Joe Coletti, Brandon Barolo, Thomas Broich and Luke Devere were the four... Oh, and Jamie Young, he mentioned Young. They were the, the five senior players that were going over there. I think Manuel Oran is over as well, coming back from injury. Remains to be seen if he's just there, making up the numbers. Oh, you'll play, we'll see. But that's the the rest is basically all the young guys you've seen throughout the season. Your Bra- your Shannon Brady's, your Cameron Cristani's, Dane Inghams, etc. 
I'm going to let you guys keep talking because I actually wrote down my predicted starting 11 somewhere. I'm just trying okay. to find well, it. Well, well, while you're doing... I was going to say, it's a very, very interesting back four projectively. Yeah. It's going to be Dane Ingham, Luke DeVia, um, Cameron Cristani and Kyle Rolls. I yes. think it's going to be... There we go. Yeah. So, so I've got... My prediction is Young, Ingham, Cristani, DeVia, Rolls, as you just yeah, said. that's been reported by... Pepper and Nathan Constantopoulos in the midfield. Think? Yes, I said the name <laughs> correctly. <laughs> 30 weeks. 30 weeks, he finally got there. I remember episode one. I think that we spent about five minutes yeah. trying to get that We christened right. him Nathan K by the end of that. Yep. Manuel Arana. I've got D'Agostino playing that number 10 role and Shannon yeah. Brady operating on the wing. With Katabian up front. Yep. I will say they've done that a few times in the youth league. Yeah. Yeah. So that would not surprise me in the slightest either. And I remember the times he has come into yeah. the A-League squad... Katab- yeah. uh, not Katab- D'Agostino has sort of yeah. dropped the into last that number 10 role. played that role, hasn't he? I will say, I don't think they're going to take Borello, Broich, and Coletti and leave them on the bench. I think at least two of them will start. I can Probably Borello yeah. and Coletti. Well, as, as we're talking off air, uh, Borello, obviously he's got his uh, leading goal scorers tag in the Asian Champions League to defend. So. But the question becomes, yeah, I think Coletti's going to start because Aloisi did mention on Friday night that he thinks Matt Mackay might be right to go yeah. by Sunday after we'll get to that later. a long time off with his knee injury. So that does possibly open up Coletti to play and play 90 minutes. Yeah, Hopefully in place of Pepper, if it was up to me. We'll but talk about it now. Even if Coletti starts this game and starts on Sunday, you could bring Matt Mackay on after an hour. Yes. And then that gives him 30, maybe 60 minutes in the game. That yeah. might be the better way to reintroduce Matt Mackay, but... Oh, look, I think, you know, for a young player like uh, like Coletti, I think, you know, playing, you know, 180 minutes, you know, even though the spot distance, I think he, I think he'd be more than anyone, I think, be able to be. He did look yeah. very, very weary after that um, Wanderers yeah. game. He, sure. he has looked quite tired the last few weeks yeah. as well. And as they mentioned at the fan forums a few weeks ago, Coletti was only meant to be playing, I think, a third of the games yeah. that he has, but just purely out of necessity. Yeah. And the big question... What I'm also looking forward to is Thomas Broich. How is he going to be used tonight? Personally, I don't think he will. I think I think he's there in name only. Basically. Break glass in case of emergency. Yeah. Well, if, if he plays, it'll be either on the left-hand side, probably in place of Shannon Brady, or through the middle, where I assume Manuel Arana is going to start. It'll be in one of those two areas if he comes on off the bench. And the only Hopefully, we don't yeah. need him. Well, I would say there's a fairly decent chance that Broich does get a bit of time tonight because... Tommy Oller is one of the players that's been left behind travelling to Melbourne. Yeah. So it does kind of make you wonder if maybe Orr is going to get the start, the start ahead of Broich on Sunday as they look for that sort of pacey counter-attacking style, which, as much as we love Broich, he's not a runner I, anymore. If you're going to play Tommy Orr on Sunday, you might as well start Broich in this game. That Yeah. It depends on if he's thinking that way, but we'll see what happens. Mm. One There's of those, so many things mm. that could happen with selection. One of those dilemmas that uh, is coming up. Yeah, I hate to be Aloisi this week with I, all those decisions. I'd love it. But yeah, then again, that's, that's also why he's getting paid as much as he is. <laughs> well, a lot more than me anyway. That's true. All right, so we're going to move on to the uh, victory finals preview. But just before that, prediction for tonight? I think it'll be a draw, which will unfortunately end draws championship campaign because they have to win. But I think they'll get a draw. I think it'll be a nil-all draw. Which is the exact replica of the... Yeah. You're probably listening to this after the game, but Tirasol Dangda is the man to watch. Absolutely fantastic footballer. Highly go- underrated around Asia. I'm going to go 1-0 and one Tong. Okay. They haven't scored a lot of goals. They but have won their two home games yeah. in the group as well, so they're 
I can't fault that tip. And also, just one last thing, also a big shout-out to the few Raw supporters actually be will be at uh, yes. SCG Stadium tonight. So, how do you guys? I really hope at least some of them are listening to us. <laughs> I know one that will be, so... Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so all-time versus victory. 38 games, 14 wins, 16 losses and 8 draws. At Amy Park, 1-1, lost 4, drawn 3, against Melbourne victory only. Well, that's the only win at, Mel- at Amy Park in general. Could never beat Melbourne. Oh, no, beat Melbourne City there once. When they were the heart. Yeah. Yeah, so the, they haven't won in January since... Jan- won in Melbourne since January 2014, and they've lost their last three away games in the finals. 2-1 to Adelaide in 2013. That was the last win. Yeah, yeah. that was the last win. Yeah. Because there was... They lost to the Wanderers the week after when they were absolutely yeah. all banged up because I think Royce had a knock on his in- ankle. Yeah, where Adelaide Hingit just decided was, to kick everybody yeah, in the Hingit final was 10 minutes out, of that game. And then they lost to the Wanderers. That's right. Adelaide as well a couple of years ago before that. Yeah, that's right, because the only other away game I can think of since Foster Coglu came in with those two-legged ties at the Mariners, which I believe they won both of them. Yeah, yeah they won those games. So, there we go. Yeah, this season, one win, one draw, one loss, with a big yeah. home team bias, as Matt yeah. Lindley pointed out on Monday's Daily can, Football Show. I think you can dismiss the most recent clash, by the way. Yeah. That's not Melbourne victory. They were without their four. I, front I four. don't want to dismiss it, though. That was no, one they were all one. <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously. They, yeah. they played pretty well that day, Melbourne victory, and they lost 1-0 without their front four. If I was them, I'd be feeling quite confident about that fact. Though, mind you, that that Vaughan front four of Anchorage is one goal in the yeah. last 600-odd minutes. True. So. Look, it could be. You can look at it. We, for us, I think it's raw support. I think we say, you know what? Let's hope that that lasts for another ninety to one hundred twenty minutes. Yeah. But it also could be, you know, they're readers. It's his know. best apparition in the finals. Mm. I mean, this guy was absolute dynamite in the final series. Mm. This doesn't matter. I can't think of games where he, big, big game except, best up. Yeah. Except for those semi-finals you mentioned against the Mariners way back in the day. I can't think of a finals game he hasn't scored in. And that's because, well, one of those times he wasn't actually in the team. Yeah, he's just absolutely brilliant in the finals, and I would not dismiss him scoring in this game. I, I can absolutely see it happening. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that's one th- interesting approach. Like, we've got Papadopoulos, who is quite an, yeah. let's say, angry guy. I he would looks t- angry anyway. Whether he's really angry or not doesn't matter. Yeah. He looks yeah. it. His photo on FIFA certainly makes it look <laughs> But I wouldn't actually be looking at... I wouldn't be telling him, go wind up Barisha, because sometimes you might think, oh, he might get that red mist. I feel like that's going to turn into a laser focus. Yeah. Look, you, I, I would actually ignore before him. about Barisha. Ignoring me is the best bet because you wind him up. You might get him sent off in ten minutes, but he also might fire up and score a hat trick on you. Yeah, that's the thing. The the one thing I would point out for the Roar as well, though, is whatever happens, Jamie Young needs to be talking from the back from before yeah. the kickoff. He needs to get everyone organised. He because I think they basically confirmed that Theo's Scott. That's your phone. It is my phone. Yes. Oh, that's a fine. <laughs> You're not in trouble, are you? No. So stop it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after that, for me, the key for the Roar is, yeah, Jamie Young, he needs to be yeah. talking as, like, from the start, getting everyone organised and reminding everyone, make sure you're picking them up because that was one thing the Wanderers had way too much space for last yeah. week. Those back post yeah. runs, and if Marco Rojas runs in free... And we've that- seen in the past, if the Roar starts slowly, they've done it twice in the last three trips, the Melbourne starts slowly, and the game's been over after 20 minutes. Yeah. I know, yes, they came back into it and lost 3-2 in a thriller, whatever. They, but they that's, were 3-0 down after 28 minutes. If yeah. the game was up over, don't give me a correct comeback. You were 3-0 down in half an hour. If they got the back to 3-3, it becomes a great comeback. Yeah. But the other point for that would be, like, how are Melbourne Victory going to come out? They've had a week <laughs> off. We've seen instances where 
the team coming off the bye week, as it were, they've come out and been really flat. They've so, been criticised a lot as well, so I'm actually thinking this is going to fire them up. Mm. I think they're going to really fire up. And they're going to have a very vocal yeah. home crowd behind yeah, I'm them. I'm not saying that's they're necessarily going to win. I'm saying it's going to have to, they're going to come out of the dressing room really fire up be, It could be a, you know, a, a hellfire and brimstone you know, first half. Yeah. Or it could be a very, very dour one. Depends on the, sort of the, the mentality. You know, you've, got, you've got you know Melbourne Victory who haven't played in a week. You've got a Brisbane Raw team that's going to be you know pretty much fatigued from yeah. travel. Or at least yeah. half the squad's yeah. going to be. If I was Victory, I'd just go absolutely yeah. hellful over in the first 15 minutes and try and, try and get a goal or two because... Or three. Yeah, we know, but if, if you get that, you from there you think they're going to get through. Because well, we, the we said fatigue, two goals. Two goals. Yeah. Normally, the Raw's fatigue win. is going to be a big factor in this game, mm. no matter which way you look at it. I don't think you can really count on them having that sort of yeah. miracle comeback yeah. that they are so well known for, just with the miles that are being put on the squad. Fatigue and players coming back from injury. Jack Hingott's going to play this week, yeah. from all indications. With a weird sort of mask. Yeah, and Matt, if Matt McKay plays as well, that's two players potentially coming into the game back from injuries. I know that's strength into the lineup, but... Yeah, it's not. You'd prefer them to be a bit more match. I sharp. think, but I think with the with the right back position of Jack Hingard, I think he does. I think at fifty or sixty percent fit, Jack Hingard, I think it's makes better it options, be, it's better yeah. option than playing you know, Jade North out position, yeah. for example, or relying on why the youngsters do it. So look, you know, yeah. you know, funny head, funny headwear and all. I still think he's yeah. a positive. If things go well, you can always bring say Jade North on or something in place of. Mm. I'll probably look to veer on in place of Jade of Jack Hingard and. Be more defensive minded if he wanted to. Yeah, my only if you're cons- protecting a result. I mean, my yeah, my only concern about Jade North playing at right back is like Roach, he's not the fastest player, yeah. and having Marco Rojas on that left wing against Jade North, you hope North gets his tackling also, right. He, I know it's the same one, but he also heard us going forward on Friday. Jade North, he just he's mm. not a fullback, doesn't get forward. You expect no. it, but he's a great central defender. Who's seen all year wasn't there. Mm. Mm. Need to lose that. Absolutely. All right, so. Let's get into predictions. We're going to start with the Saturday night game. See who's going to be in the grand final. Is it going to be Sydney or Perth, Adam? I want to say Perth, yeah. but all oh, you know, sort of hopes aside, I think this Sydney team, it's theirs to lose. I think they'll win. They'll win easy. The only thing I'll say about Sydney FC is they're coming in really confident. They they almost were daring Perth Glory to play that counter-attacker style. I think it was Alex Brodsky's press conference on Monday, daring Perth to play that way. I just I can't see Perth winning a game away from home again in the finals. Not, we're supposed to stay in Melbourne for for the week. They ended up going back to Perth. They're going back to Sydney on Friday. Talk about, we'll talk about travel with the Roar in a minute. I just think that's going to catch up with them. Sydney will be too strong. Uh, for me, Sydney have had the bets to yeah. Perth all season. It's like Perth four one four one and three yeah. 0 It's been not yeah. even close. Yeah, Sydney have had the best Perth Perth all season. Perth don't travel well. You know, Brisbane or Melbourne yeah. fans start getting ready to for a trip to Sydney. I mean, for we'd the all grand love final. to have a home grand final next Absolutely. week. It's just I can't I can't see Sydney losing this game. For me, it's 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 a, it's a long, long shot, and I think it will be a case of Sydney not showing up and not performing anywhere near. Yeah. Where uh, you know, and Perth come out of this game pro, and they'll play their grand final. So this is going to sound bad to Perth, but it's going to be more of a choke job on Sydney's part. Mm, rather than good play from Perth if it goes their way. That's unfortunate. Unless Diego Castro and Andy Keogh just have one of those games where they say, we're not losing. Like Mm. with when the Raw scored against the Wanderers on Friday night, if you get behind the midfield and run at the back four, you can get it, Sydney. No one's going to get past Brilliante and O'Neill all year, and I don't think it's going to change this week, and probably not next week. I'll learn true. All right, 
Sunday, 7, 8 o'clock, Adam, are we going to be celebrating or commiserating? Um, Actually, it'll be about 9 o'clock for you, because you'll be yeah, in the on site. Um, look, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I, I think we can, we can pinch it. So I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, I think we will be celebrating, but I think we'll be also going to Sydney for the grand final. I think this game is a score. 1-0. I think this game's a genuine coin toss, but I've got four points to make quickly. For the Raw, they've, no, they've had 17 games in 85 days after tonight. This is a, it'll be 18 games in 89 days on Sunday, right? You've got the emotional come down from the penalties. So you've got that. You've got the victory. They're rested. And they're, they're pretty motivated. And they're being underrated. And I think that's dangerous with Melbourne victory, right? Our record in Melbourne, you mentioned, is shocking. It's woeful. It's the worst in the country for us. And then there's the travel factor, right? So, so just for the raw, right? 20 hours to and, fro, to and from Shanghai, 11 hours to and from Perth twice, 16 hours, so 32 hours to Korea, right? Then you got to Adelaide as well, back to Perth again, to Tokyo. It's, just, it's 119 and a half hours. I wish I time. Fly points. <laughs> 119 and a half hours of flying time since the Global FC game back in January. Yep. That's going to... That's... Yeah. And so much has changed since then. Having said all that, having said all that, I will say it's a coin flip game. I just unfortunately think Melbourne might edge it. Unfortunately, I please prove me wrong and win the game, but it's I can see unfortunately Melbourne victory winning a three-two thriller. Well, the Raw just get overrun the last fifteen minutes with tired legs. You're kind of stepping on yeah. my prediction there. I'm going to say Brisbane put in a gallant effort, two-two, yeah. going into extra time. Oh, please no. And then victory get a couple of goals either side of the halftime break, and the Raw just don't have the legs to keep yeah. up with it. Regardless of the result, we will be back next week for yes. another show. We hope it yeah. will be pr- yeah, previewing Grand pr- Final uh, Week. James are predicting a defeat. We're both really hopeful of a win. I can still totally yeah. see the Raw winning. It's just if I was putting money one way or the other, it would be on the victory yeah. purely because of their yeah, If we weren't record. going to Thailand this week, I'd be right there with that and picking yes. a win. But that is what pushes me over. Just one last quick point off. For anyone saying this, if a potential Raw win this week, like erases the disappointment of last year's loss in round 27? No, it doesn't. You don't get any silverware for making a grand final. You want to erase that, you've got to win it. You've got to go all the way. Well, you've got to win silverware to erase that disappointment. We had a premiership on the end of it. So I had a debate with someone about that last night about this could potentially erase that. No, it doesn't. No, well, we've got I, to win, we've got to win I silverware. Was, I was there yeah. in Melbourne last year, round 27. I can tell you nothing erases that. You've got to win some silverware to yeah. at least do that. But yeah. yeah. All right, so that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Scott, Adam, thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, uh, listeners. See you next week, hopefully in a joyous mood. That's right. Thank you for putting up with our audio issues this (laughs) afternoon as well. Hopefully they weren't too uh, off-putting. We will see everyone next week, though. Go Roar on Sunday, and here's hoping for the best. This is the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.